3: art usually fills us with emotion and is often supposed to brighten our lives when looking at it but what if it has another effect but in the case of many paintings around the world throughout history some art is rumored to be haunted by the figures within them welcome to paranormal activity with me Yvette Fielding and this week we're looking at haunted paintings Art influences us and usually causes us to fill with a surge of thoughts and emotions. But according to some, there is artwork out there that can cause some terrible effects. One of the most notoriously haunted paintings is that by Bill Stoneham in 1972, named The Hands Resist Him. This is perhaps the most famous haunted painting in history. Painted by Bill Stoneham as a way to express his feelings about his adoption, this depicts a young boy and girl standing in front of a shop window. Thought the artist had no bad intentions, the painting has been blamed for the death of a gallery owner and the first critic to ever review the painting. The painting gained a reputation as it was sold on eBay with claims it was cursed and that the figures came alive at night. This was accompanied by a webcam video of the boy climbing out of the painting. The little girl's hands seemingly hold a gun that people claim are forcing the boy out of the painting to cause havoc in the real world. It's been said to cause strange things to happen when viewing the painting, from fainting, children screaming and technology malfunctioning. The painting has been acquired by another art gallery and is locked away in the gallery's storage space. I've looked at this picture and I have to say... It's a bit creepy. Um, the the little girl isn't holding a gun, but I could see how people would um, see that. It's a little bit of pareidolia going on there. It's the hands behind them coming out of the darkness uh, from this shop window, uh, and the actual girl's face almost looks like a dolly, really. It is a bit of a creepy painting, and I certainly wouldn't want it hanging in, in my house. But one of my favourite stories surrounding a haunted painting is of a piece of artwork that was copied from an actual photograph. Now, a photograph was taken by a guy called James Kidd. It was a relatively normal composition of an old Western American cart uh, standing in a field in front of a barn. You know the sort of cart hand me. We used to watch them in cowboys and Indian uh, movies as they went round the Wild West. Behind this cart, there are some trees. It's just a bog-standard picture. But when James Kidd developed it, I'm sure he became quite freaked out because slowly materialising through the developing fluid, he would have seen what looked to be a headless man standing on a log. The image of the man's attire and body are really clear. You can see his jacket, his trousers... And his boots. And he's, he's standing, like I say, behind um, the, the cart. But he's definitely there without a head. There is no head visible whatsoever. Kodak and other photograph experts have have inspected the film uh, and picture and concluded that it definitely hadn't been doctored or tampered with in any way. Now, you can have a look at the original picture if you go online uh, and it's under the title Ghosts of Tombstone. Have a look at that and see what you think. An artist, Laura P., whose main body of work consists of paintings copied from photos, was fascinated by James Kidd's picture. Putting oil on a 16 by 20 inch canvas, Laura began to create her version of the creepy picture. So what she's doing, she's looking at photographs and then she's using oil and copying it onto canvas. She says that when she was about halfway through um, copying this particular picture, she began to feel a little strange. And she asked herself, why had she even chosen this particular picture to paint? and that she should have never started the project in the first place. Eventually, Laura did finish the piece, and the day she put her paintbrush down, strange and unexplained things began to occur around the painting. Now, it's interesting to note that Laura didn't believe in ghosts or anything to do with the paranormal, but she does admit that strange things did begin only after... She'd finished the painting. The first strange incident occurred when the painting was hanged in an office behind a desk. Only three days later, Laura got a call from the people in the office asking her uh, to come to the office to take it down and take it away. They all said that every morning when they arrived to begin a day's work, they would discover the creepy painting was very obviously crooked They would straighten it, but the same thing would happen the following morning. Laura's co-workers actually admitted that they were afraid of it. Obviously, Laura took the painting home. Laura and her husband lived in a new modern home, and within days of the painting being there, um, the roof of the garage began to leak. The roofers came out three times in all to try to fix it, But after a few scratched heads and confused looks, the roofers admitted that there was no cause for the leak on the garage roof. Eventually, Laura's husband asked where the painting was and Laura revealed that it was leaning against the wall between the living room and the garage. Laura moved the painting and the roof, miraculously, never leaked again. Another time after Laura had made dinner for her husband, she set the salt and pepper shakers down on the table. She went to the doorway to call her husband to say that tea was ready. And when she came back, she discovered to her shock that the salt was all over the table and all over the floor. The salt shaker hadn't tipped over. In fact, it hadn't moved at all. Various other strange occurrences were noted at Laura's house from unexplained broken glass in her drinking cup, which sounds really horrendous, um, a gate inexplicably taken off its hinges and something I've experienced here knocking at the front door. But when going to open the front door, finding that no one is there, that's creepy and happened an awful lot when I uh, first moved into this house. There it was, the knocking again. I put everything down, go to the door, open it. Nobody there. It was really creepy, especially when it was happening in the middle of the night. Apparently, Laura still has the painting in her house. A few people have offered to buy it, but she refuses to sell it because she's afraid of what the painting might inflict on a new family. And after all that, can you believe it? Laura still doesn't believe in ghosts. Well, stay tuned to hear about mine and Carl, my hobby's experience with our own haunted painting. But first, this week's story is from Amy, who had a strange experience at a nursery school, including a few incidents with the children.
2: Hi there. I just wanted to say, first of all, how much I love your podcasts. I listen to them every week without fail, every Thursday. Um, I love listening to people's stories. I find them so interesting and intriguing and I just listen to them over and over again. So thank you so much for doing those for us every week. I have got a few stories of my own that I want to share with you. I used to have quite a few like experiences when I was younger, but they kind of fizzled out to be honest and I... Forgot all about them really. I remember having loads of experiences when I was a child, but nothing really since my teens until I was in my kind of early 20s. Um, and I'd started working at a nursery in a village called Wheeler End, which is about five minutes away from West Wickham, which I'm sure you know all about. Wheeler End is like a small village, it's, it's an old village. And the nursery is based in an old village school. Um, it's a really old building. I don't know how old it is to be honest, but it's a listed building, it's really old. And it used to be a school. Uh, I'm not sure what it was before that. It's really hard to find history on it, um, but it's it's old. So there's like the main part of the building, which is the old building. And then on the back they've built, or they had built like an extension, um, which is the newer part of the building. and. All of the paranormal experiences that we've kind of witnessed there have mainly happened down in the newer part of the building, which obviously I find really odd. But there's always been a few things. I've been working there for 12 years now. Even when I first started, you just get a general feeling of feeling really uneasy, like you're not in there alone. And I used to obviously being the manager I look up at night so I'm usually there on my own or first thing in the morning I'm usually there on my own and I just hate going in when there's no one else there I feel like there's someone not always behind me like times where I'm putting things away and I'll jump like something's coming up behind me but there's nothing there we always had those kind of experiences and then a couple of years ago we started to get experiences with the children um, and they've really ramped up in the last few years. So it started off I work in mainly in the baby room, so it's children under two, or the children that it kind of concerned were around two. There was these two little girls in particular who were really good friends, and they used to stand in the in the room, and there's a corner of the room, and they used to stand there and just wave and like stare at the corner of the room and laugh. <laughs> and babble and and it was just odd. Um, And when this started happening we used to notice other things as well. So for example at the end of the day we used to be about to walk out of the room and we had like these puzzles that have, um, when you put the puzzle piece in, it makes like the animal sound and we turned all the lights off and then we'd be walking out the room and all of a sudden you just hear like just random stuff. Things would go off, lights would start flashing. One day we came in and there was a child's handprint on the window, um, but it was right at the top of the window, like none of our children would be able to reach. And we were just like, well, "Where's this come from?" We we have like builders trays that we use for messy play, so we'd fill this builders tray with like flour that when we left at night. And when we came back in the next morning, the flower had been disturbed. So it had, well, it looked like little footprints. But they weren't clear enough to say that they were definitely footprints. But it had like a trail or someone had, something had touched the flower. And then in one of our rooms, you could there's like a window into the attic, which is really creepy. And I absolutely hate that room. And we used to use it as a sleep room. So one poor person, which is usually me, had to sit in the room with the children in the dark sleep. And all you're looking at is this window that looks into the attic. One day, the children had woken up and I'd like pat the beds away. And the children were still playing in there. So this particular little girl had looked up at the window and started to wave again. And and I said to her, oh, what are you looking at? What's up there? And she said, baby. And And I said, oh, what baby? She was like, baby John. And I was like, oh, my God, someone come and help me (laughs) and get me out of this room. So we left the room. Uh, A couple of days passed. And then a few days later, we were playing in the garden in the playground. And one of the older preschool children um, was just stood against the wall. Um, So I'd gone over to her and said, oh, what are you doing? Are you okay?" And she said, John told me to do this. Honestly, I feel, I thought, I've watched too many horror movies. Like This isn't real. This can't be... This isn't right. So I didn't really think anything of it. And I said, oh, come on, let's go play. And she went off. And then the next day, a parent came in and she said, oh, I'm writing invitations for this little girl's birthday. You've given me the list of names. But there's one person not on the list and she talks about them all the time. So I want to know, is it like a teacher or a student? And I was like, who? And she was like, oh, John. And I was like, "There's no one called John here." She said, "But she talks about Baby John all the time," and I just thought, "Like this can't be a coincidence." Like, there's like four or five occasions now where this name's come up. It was freaky. And then one night we decided to stay behind, um, and we tried to do some like research into the into the building. And we had some people come from the village to try and like, get more information it 's owned by the scouts which but they didn 't really know much either and We were sat in the main hall, which is in the older part of the building and all of a sudden, we just heard like this chair being dragged down the corridor. but when we went out, there was nothing there and I took that as a sign to kind of just stop like looking into it and we haven 't looked any more into the baby John scenario, but we're still there and stuff still happens um and still just feel really uneasy. So yeah, that's my kind of recent story, and I'm hoping that Baby John just
3: stays wherever he is. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for listening. Well thank you so much for listening, Amy. I'm so pleased that you're enjoying the show. Oh, how absolutely marvellous that you work in this nursery. Um, The fact that it used to be the old village school doesn't surprise me at all. And also you're getting phenomena in the modern side of the building. Um, Why should that surprise you? As we know um, from our episodes in the past that... A lot of activity um, can actually happen in modern houses. It depends on what hap- what's happened on the land before um, that modern house or that modern extension was built. And also spirits that are inside an old building are drawn to energy. So if you've got lots of children in the modern part of the building and you're there and you're having a lot of fun, they'll be attracted by that energy and possibly want to join in. Um, I'm sorry. Sorry that you're getting uneasy feelings, but perhaps that's just because, I don't know, it's an old building. And sometimes when you're on your own, you can feel uneasy. You can be anywhere, can't you? And the nicest of places all of a sudden on your own in the dark can feel a bit creepy. And you do also get that feeling that someone is behind you. I'm not saying that you're not feeling that. You probably very much are. The wonderful thing is, is that you've got all these lovely young children, the two, the two girls, the two-year-olds that stand and, and wave and laugh at something standing in the corner. To me, you know, we discussed, do children see things more than we do? And yes, of course they do they are so open to to so much paranormal activity they can see things and hear things that we cannot i love the fact that um also the flower was disturbed and this i've talked about this before on on the podcast, is that there's some very famous prints, handprints um, left in flour. And it's actually always good if you want to go out ghost investigating, is to always take a little bag of flour with you uh, and leave it um, uh, sort of on tables or on windowsills, lock the room off and then come back. And you never know, you could capture a a handprint or a footprint. This spirit called John um, sounds absolutely fascinating. I wonder how old he is? Do you think he's a little a little boy, a two year old, or do you think he's slightly slightly older? Sounds to me like he's definitely a child, and perhaps um, went to the school um, many many years ago. I don't think there's anything negative here in the school, uh, be rest assured in that. I really am envious and the fact that you've experienced all these things is fantastic. Uh, One of my favourite places to actually investigate is schools. They're wonderful places full of wonder and you think of all that energy of those young people um, there, you know, having uh, a wonderful time learning, laughing, having great times in the the playground and so on. And I remember we were at, um, it was an old museum and there was part of the museum that was a schoolroom I remember Carl and I went into this schoolroom and sat in the old-fashioned Victorian desk and we put the camera down on the desk I think you can actually see it on YouTube and the whole desk rises up off the floor and I remember squealing not with fear but with absolute delight. And these children were knocking and I was asking them to play with me and we were singing nursery rhymes and they were knocking and banging and moving the table and throwing chalk around. It was fantastic. So, all I I can ask of you, please, Amy, is when can we come and visit your school? It sounds amazing. I wait to hear back from you. You never know. Um, If the scouts will let us uh, spend the night there, of course, you're invited. It
1: would be fantastic. Fantastic. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
3: Welcome back. Before we jump into my chat with my lovely husband, Carl, and producer of Most Haunted, um, I want to shout out uh, to those who've joined us on ACAST Plus um, so far to listen to that um, extra podcast that we're pushing out there, which is very, very exciting. So I just want to say hello to all of you and thank you for joining us Claire Drake, Karen S., Savannah Dittman, Amy Barnett, Craig B., Samantha White. Pandy Legend, sounds like a legend. Olivia Muscat, uh, Alex Green, Sam Kettle, Jessica Harris, Matt Clark, Sharon Rabbit, Brian Peacock, Lauren Tharp, Jake Taylor, Leah Oakes, James Steinman, Denise Chaplow, TJ Colwyn, Emma MJ, and Becky H. We are so happy to see so many of you excited and keen to listen to our bonus episode. Now, jumping back into Haunted Paintings, I have the lovely Carl Beattie here with me today, producer and director of Most Haunted, and of course, my lovely husband. We've been on many paranormal adventures together, have we not?
4: We certainly have. Thank you very much for having me back. Oh. It's a privilege. <laughs> oh, yeah, we have. We've been all around the world together. Yes. Scary. <laughs> the bejesus scared out of us wherever yes. we go which has been fun we've
3: certainly had have, have some amazing experiences in I think it's 20 years of, of um, researching the paranormal um, but Obviously today, you know what we're here to talk about is is haunted paintings. I've already um, talked about a case where this woman who didn't believe in ghosts whatsoever, Remember, I showed you the photograph uh, last night and uh, the sort of man standing behind the cart with no head. And then when she took her her painting home with her, all sorts of strange phenomena occurred. But at the end of it, she she still didn't believe in ghosts, which I find rather crazy. Uh, But then I suppose it's like Glenn Hunt, isn't it? The sceptic on Most Haunted. Um, He says there's something going on but he doesn't believe that it's ghosts. And maybe she feels the same.
4: Yeah, I I always find it very, very strange when um, people say, I don't believe, I don't believe. Then stuff happens that they can't explain (laughs) and they still say, I don't believe. It's almost a denial. And I do believe, I think we've touched on this before, that I think that a lot of sceptics want to deny it because they're too scared to believe it.
3: Maybe so. And also... The more you sort of say it's load of rubbish, load of rubbish, load of rubbish, the less likely you are to actually have anything happen to you and experience it, and therefore they can turn around and say, "Well, nothing's happened to me."
4: And yeah, and also it's the less questions you have to ask answer because as soon as you say "I believe," people go, "Well, prove it to me." (laughs) It's it's not they 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 do sound like that, (laughs) but but there's a point you just say, "Well, I don't have to prove it to you. I don't need to. If you want to prove it, go and find it."
3: Okay. So, what out of all the cases of haunted paintings, um, and we've had our own experiences, which, which we'll talk about in a minute, but which one sort of perks your interest? <laughs>
4: perks, perks my interest.
3: Perks your interest. The, the, the
4: ones I, I like. I like the ones where people have have done some analysis with them and tried to um, find out that they're not fraudulent or that there's a logical explanation behind the, uh, the, the the painting, I find the whole thing of haunted paintings fascinating because mm. what is it that haunts? Is it the image you're capturing? Is it the, the artist that put its time and effort and energy into the painting? What's happened around the painting that's caused the painting to have such negative or, in some cases, positive um, paranormal activity? If it's the latter, then that's just another haunted object, isn't it? Mm. Um, if it's the others, then it's the energy... What went into the painting, or the person, the object of the painting, Um, and for that, one of my favourites is the Crying Boy.
3: Right, yes, uh, most people will know of this, but there will be a lot of young people out there who'll never have heard of this at all.
4: Well, the Crying Boy was quite uh, uh, is is a more recent thing in relative terms. I mean, most when we talk about antique paintings and stuff, Mm. it's hundreds and hundreds of years old. But this really comes from not the original painting, but prints from the original painting, um, which was distributed sort of after the war into the 50s. Um, And it's a picture of a little boy crying. It's it's part of an orphan series, which was painted by Bruno uh, Amadio. Uh, He went under a pseudonym when he painted, but it's just of a little lad. It's a very sad painting, and I I find these... (laughs) Why anyone would want that in their house of a child crying is beyond me anyway. However, it was really into the 80s that The Sun got hold of this um, story that a lot of fires that happened across the UK had this painting in their houses. It was
3: fires, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
4: And there is a point where you can sit there and say, well, if there were so many of these sold, there is a high possibility that... They would have been in one of these houses that caught fire.
3: This is true, and there, and you did see an awful lot of them, didn't oh, you? In the in the seventies and eighties, yeah.
4: Um, you could get them in postcard form at mm. one point, I believe. But um, a lot of uh, the, the the big mystery was was the paintings seemed to not be damaged. I, I kind of don't understand what the curse is. There are thoughts that the um, even the artist's studio caught fire when he was painting this uh this portrait but that cannot be verified and again wouldn't it be a great story if that Mm -hmm. was the case Mm -hmm. um but it can't be verified and i'm pretty sure when this was being painted if that had been there would have been some sort of um historical record of it um now i know the bbc radio 4 did a little Um, investigation into it. Now, bear in mind, it is the BBC, so it is biased. I know it shouldn't be, but it is. Uh, Well, there is an agenda to start with, Mm -hmm. and I think the agenda to a lot of these uh, organisations is to disprove rather than prove. Right. Um, And, yeah, the the findings of that were um, pretty basic and I think not really investigated properly or in, in any true depth. There were, they said that the reason the the, uh, the paintings or the, the prints didn't catch fire is because they were heavily lacquered. And if you were buying a print, unless it was on a board, it wouldn't be been lacquered. It would just have glass in front of it. Um, they said that the fire would have eaten through the string behind it, therefore forcing it down to the bottom of the, the wall and onto its front and therefore protected from the fire. Now, if a place is engulfed in flames, that wouldn't matter. There's yeah. lots of things. There's furniture on the floor. Mm. There's carpets on the floor. There's, and if it was made of wood, if the front only the front would have been lacquered, so the back would have still caught fire. So I think that investigation for me it was was kind of a it's a bit of fun for mm. for radio 4, but nothing that you can take home to be a, a true investigation of it. However, on the other hand, can a print that's not the original? Piece of artwork, and if we're looking at haunted objects, is it not the original that has to be haunted, just a copy of it?
3: Well, this 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 is what happened with the uh, the case study that I just talked about. Again, this was a copy of it. This this artist Laura copied the original photograph. And this is the headless. This is the headless one. Yeah,
4: you see that? I I just find that fascinating. Is it, what 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 energy? If we believe this is energy, mm. and and I do believe it's all about. I energy, agree. Yeah. Um, good or bad? Um, what what is it that on that photograph that this person took showed itself on the photograph, and then gave bad luck when it was? I mean, there are story, lots of stories of photographs yeah. being haunted, yeah, and that's something. I, I I don't I don't understand because it's a it's a it's a piece of paper that has a print on it.
3: But if we go back to um, last week's episode where I talked about haunted cars, mm. um, you know, we actually discovered with our own car yeah. that um, the spirit of an old owner was making that car break down. Mm. So I questioned at the end. Is it then possible for a spirit to manifest its energy to move an inanimate object to perhaps, in a car's case, move the steering wheel, push push the pedal down on the accelerator, cause it to crash, cause it to break down? Because we believe what the phenomena that we were ca- capturing in our in our little car, and we but we have to believe that the old owner w- was was telling the truth. So if you look at that, then when you look at paintings and pictures the energy that's gone into that painting from the painter i don't know maybe the subject that the subject that he's painting or he like for instance this cart picture so the gentleman took a photograph of it obviously perhaps in the past a, a gentleman was hanged from that particular tree the image is shown up on the photograph And like you said, I'd love to know if the original photograph, uh, was there any paranormal activity whilst that photograph was in the photographer's house? I can't find any record on that. But like you say, then when the painter, Laura, is painting it, and as soon as she puts the brush down, even halfway through painting it, she, she, she she felt weird and strange. So is she picking up on energy then? From the picture, the photograph, and the energy is being put into that painting. I know it sounds really far fetched. It doesn't. But who are we to we? None of us know. No, it doesn't sound do far fetched
4: at all. And, and and my sort of my, my sort of not understanding doesn't. I'm not saying I don't believe. I I do believe in that. Mm. I believe in, 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 in these things happen. I'm confused about it, and I don't Mm, understand it. I don't understand any of it. None of us do because none of us are experts. But I think, from what you've just described, as as we said, energy, 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 and and as we know, energy doesn't die. it it just moves around in different forms. Now, if she's, if this lady's painting this thing, there is an energy there. There's a there's a a concentration energy. There's a there will be some apprehensive energy. Because of what she's painting, mm. um, stuff starts to happen. So the energy is risen, you know, that, whether it be fear or whatever. And because of what the, the the medium that she is painting with, it's just absorbing that energy. So why can't it? Why can't that absorb the energy that is around her, whether it be spiritual or physical?
3: So, if that being the case, then you could actually do. An experiment couldn't you where you could take a painting let's just say or a photograph a really horrific photograph it's frightening whatever there's images on there that you just awful if you were then to paint that whilst feeling those emotions while looking at that and then put that onto paper and then hang it in a house would that painting then become haunted? Would that energy from the painter, its fear, its absolute total abject terror, all those emotions that the, the, the painter would be feeling as they were painting every tiny little brush stroke? Because you're looking at that horrific image for a long time, aren't you?
4: Yeah, but the, but the concentration is around the whole thing as yes, well. yeah. But I think what, what you've got to look at yourself – you you are an extremely creative person you're constantly creating something and i know you, you whether it's creating a television show whether it's creating this podcast whether it's creating other radio shows whether it's creating your books there is a creation part of you goes into everything mm-hmm. and that's a correct statement isn't it mm-hmm. i know when when if, if i'm doing a drawing part of me is in that of drawing course, yeah. because there's a concentration yeah. is there's a oneness between you and whatever it is you're doing. Now, I see the hard work you put into, let's just say this podcast. Mm. I see the hard work you put into the research and everything that you do. And it's only you and the subject matter. So there is part of you within everything you do.
1: Mm -hmm.
4: So why can't there be a part of everything in in, in any artist? There is a part of them, whether it be a sculpture, whether it be a painting. So there could be something within every piece of artwork out there there is something of the artist.
3: Yeah, how fascinating. Now, wouldn't what I was thinking—wow!
4: From what you just said, wouldn't it be great to try and experiment? Mm-hmm. Where, and don't forget, you don't forget—you've got to think of if an artist is in a good mood,
0: mm.
4: would the would the, the the energy absorbed by the painting be better than if the artist was in a bad
3: mood? Well, yeah, I suppose that, a mixture uh, of that. Yeah, because that—that's an obvious one, isn't it? Really, because you can look at a painting. For instance, I've forgotten the name of the artist now, but there's a very famous painting called The Scream where somebody's standing on a bridge and it's got lots of colours in it and everything. Now... To me, when I look at that picture, I don't go, "Oh, that's a really creepy picture. I go, "Oh, that's interesting, that's nice. Could that then mean that when the artist was doing that painting, like you've just said, could he have been listening to music and having a right good old time, having a glass of wine, to, really to enjoying fair, themselves? The
4: first time I saw the scream, I thought he was on drugs.
3: <laughs> well, he could well have been. But I'm taking your point, and I think it's a brilliant one. That So that energy then is in – so when you look at that picture – a lot of people won't be, oh, do, you know, oh, I feel funny or I feel strange. I, I actually feel quite weirdly happy.
4: But do, do you know what would be a great experiment? And yeah. going back to really what you, you said yeah. earlier. If you had one artist mm. who painted the same picture, a simple picture, but the same picture in different environments. Mm. So you printed one, you painted one where um, the artist was in their home. Comfortable surroundings, and that's fine. Another one where the artist is in the opposite to that. So if they live in a country house, the next one's painted in the middle of London mm-hmm. where it's all busy and mm-hmm. noisy, and vice versa if mm-hmm. the other's the case. And then you take take the same artist and put them in somewhere where that, that is extremely stressful, like an abattoir, mm-hmm. where there is death all around the artist, where there's death everywhere. There's all that feeling of... of of what's happening around you, and then take those paintings and just ask independent people to look at them in different rooms. One painting in each room, and what they feel like.
3: Yes, but yeah, we because, should do that because
4: if if you get these negative feelings, surely that that is a kind of proof. If people see one painting, say, I'm getting a really negative feeling off of this, but I'm getting a happy feeling off of this. Mm. Don't know why they're the same painting and one's painted in the the, the the environment they know, and the other's painted in, say, an abattoir or wherever, that would be proof that there is something within the energy of these paintings that can come out. And at the end of the day, as we both believe, haunting is about energy. And if an energy can be absorbed into a painting, why can't it be put out?
3: Well, let's talk now about... Our own experiences. Um, We were living (laughs) in a a little cottage before we came here to the farm. Uh, We lived in a little cottage in Cheadle Hume in Grove Lane. Mm. Um, And it was a lovely little semi detached cottage. And for those, lots of people know this story, so I won't go into it, but the house was haunted um, and we had to get it cleansed and so on. But one day we went to an antique shop in Knutsford, didn't we? Mm. been there for many many years and we sadly just shut down yeah really sadly awful yeah anyway Anyway, walking up the stairs we both at the same time weirdly enough i don't know when you think about this why it's really odd we saw this picture of a very stern, and it was one of those where it was, uh, I've got one of my grandma, where the, it was a photograph, but what they used to do is they used to paint over the top of the photographs mm. to add colour. Well, this was black and white, but they'd obviously added some bits to her hair and so on. Which and, made it eerie, did it? Yeah, horrible. She had a horrible face. Her hair was pulled back into a dark bun. <laughs> she looked like some sort of horrible Dementor from a Harry Potter movie. <laughs> she really did. And we said, should we have that to <laughs> house why, <laughs> why? We, we had why? a we had a, a mary was a, a toddler william was what 11 or 12 or uh, no not even no, he, he was, was he was six, uh, yeah he was a lot younger six. yeah five or six anyway so we, we bought this painting home and you put it there it was it was at the top of the stairs wasn't it yeah it was right at the top of the yeah. stairs and um and nothing strange happened in the house but what do you remember i, I just remember
4: that 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 the weird thing was, was we started not to be able to sleep very well at night. <laughs> if you remember, we were yeah. constantly sort of, and we couldn't quite work, work out. out. Like, but going up the stairs, that it was, was always cold and it on was that square. Do you remember? Creepy. yes, on the top bit, yeah. we kind of had to walk past the photograph. I mean, stupid, we had it up there for so long, we never, we didn't remove it for ages. I
3: know, and poor William and Mary. <laughs> oh, they hated it, didn't they? <laughs> Why did we have that
4: there? I just thought we never used it, but we could have used that as, as to tell him off. The lady from the photograph. No, that, yeah. that would
3: no, that would have ruined done it done forever. The, it would have.
4: Um, but it it was just eerie. It was always cold around there, if you remember. Yeah. Um, and every time we walked up the stairs, there was something. Like, we felt like something was following us. Yeah. Do you remember? I just on do, I stairs. Do,
3: I do remember. And I, uh, and I, I, this obviously came after. The the haunting that we had at the house and everything had gone and all the rest of it. Mm. So, it, it, which makes me think even more: what on earth were we doing buying? What a did picture? we bring into our home? I don't know. After we'd gone through all of that, anyway, I remember me and you in bed, and, and oh, then we course, heard the yes. most horrendous noise: this yeah. c- b- crashing and banging, and yeah. with what the hell? And then you, you know, you did your butch manly stay there. I'll I, go and did have I a look. <laughs> <laughs> and then you came d- and that was it. And then you, you came down and there. Now, most people would think, oh, well, the the, the, the the painting had to be at the bottom of the stairs. But this is the weird thing. Mm. This is why we're talking about it is because it was in the middle of the front room. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And, and it, to know where our stairs in our front room were you, you could have only carried it down there you couldn't there's no way could no. it have made itself no. spin down the stairs because it was it was almost central in the front it room. was, it was and, and over the couch yeah wasn't it? and
3: the glass was smashed yeah. and everything else and I remember us both look and it was face up and we both looked at each other and both went Ugh, and I said get it out get it out
4: <laughs> and do you know what though the thing is with that because it was the original frame that was with the picture and so you know, let's just look at this in a broader uh, perspective. It may not have been the photograph.
3: It could have, it been, the could frame. have been the frame because
4: wood absorbs. It could yes. have been something. May have happened. Yes. That frame could have. Who knows? In the past, be a mirror frame that's that's witnessed something. It could have been. Yeah. But it's the original yeah, frame. Yeah, never to thought the, about that, that, that Particular print.
3: Yeah. So that was our experiences of uh, 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 of of uh, what we perceived to be. A haunted painting because there was something not quite right about that. And as I say, it was the way it landed in the front room that did it for us. And,
4: and also, just for the for the people who say, oh, the the, the, the string must have broken yes. or the the uh, the screw must have come out the wall. Yeah. The screw was still very much yes. attached into the wall, yes. and the string was still uh, attached yes. to the back. Nothing had broken.
3: That's what made it really freaky, and that's why we just had to to get but it the out. The glass
4: was in one area. Do you remember the glass was just sort of smashed in one area?
3: I don't remember that. Yeah, minute, it was I in the top. To
4: it was at the, the, the top of the stairs, and that's what kind of made it really Ugh.
3: freaky. Anyway, so we got rid of. Now let's move on to Croxteth Hall, which is one of. I mean, we've investigated it on Most Haunted. We filmed there a few yeah. times. We've investigated it with the with lovely Most Haunted fans that have come on a Most Haunted experience, um, and I remember we, me and you, were were we'd walked up the main sort of staircase and we got to the hallway bit. And we were, with, we were with Jenny at the time. Mm. And we got all this knocking underneath our feet and we could feel it. I think it was one of the first times Jenny actually felt the knocking. She was completely blown away. Um, and then we were asking various questions and they said that they used to to work at Croxteth Hall. Mm. And um, and then I don't know how it came about, but but they basically tapped out that they were in a picture or a painting Mm, in Croxteth Hall. So then that was it. We went all over trying to to see what pictures were, were available. And we stood and there was a table like a side table uh, in another hallway. And then this big picture. And the big picture was like, um you know, like an old school photograph where you all were in rows. Yeah, yeah. And it was the people that used to work at Croxteth Hall. And they were, I don't know who they were. I can't remember now, but they were all men. There were no women on it. And I remember saying, is this are you in this painting, are you in this picture? It was a picture, wasn't it? It wasn't a painting. No, it was a photograph. It was a photograph, that's right. And um and he tapped yes. Mm-hmm. And then I said, Well if I point to a face, will you tap to the to who you are? And we went across all these different faces. And then, bang! He, he he knocked on one face, and it was absolutely fantastic to actually see the face of the spirit that we were talking to.
4: But we actually had—I'm um, sure later on—they gave a name to that person. He gave us a name. He did but, give us a name, and it and it, and it matched
3: it, what the was written. That they that's knew. right. Of, yeah.
4: of who that was.
3: And I love it when things like that come together, oh, when you can yeah. match up uh, names with historical um, uh, you know, ancestry and, and so on. And then moving to our house, hmm. and I know we've talked about this before, but again, it's something in a frame. Uh, and I think we talked about it in the uh Podcast about witchcraft. So, in our house, um, when we, uh, the people that we bought the house off, um, there was a bricked-up room, which is now one of the bathrooms. Yep. Um, and they thought, "This is odd. Why is this bricked up?" So they smashed through it, and then they found underneath the floorboard a dead
4: body. No.
3: It was a mummified cat uh, and what they did was the owners put that cat into a frame and then the frame and the cat were left in that room. Now, allegedly, um, as we've already said on the podcast, um, that um, people that... Uh, didn't want to have a curse or spell uh, 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 put against them uh, from witches, would hide an animal of some kind under the floorboards or or within the walls or up a chimney of a house. It was quite a common thing to do, especially in the 17th century. What, you
4: mean we're not supposed to be doing that now? No, we're not supposed to be doing that now.
3: Anyway, so in our wisdom, we thought, well, after speaking to the uh, old owners, they said we've never taken this cat out of the, the room, uh, and and we wouldn't if, if 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 we were if we were you, we keep keep it on the wall, which we did. And uh, poor William and Mary again, scared to death because every time they went in to brush their teeth or have a bath, there was this horrible mummified cat on the wall above the sink. Anyway, we kept it there for years and years and years. And in our stupidity,
4: right? Can I just throw this down? Now? Yeah. I had nothing to do with taking it out of there. No,
3: I know you didn't. And I'm so not you saying say in you our didn't. stupidity. Sorry, in my stupidity. <laughs> yeah, I don't know any part I of, all right. it of there, in, my in case stupi- it comes back later on. I know, I, was, I, thought, I thought, I've got to think about the kids. Uh, and also, it's an ugly thing to look at. What, the kids? So, no. <laughs> <laughs> or a mirror. Sorry, I was looking at myself. Uh, so I took it down. I took it out. And that's when everything went wrong. Everything
4: you could possibly imagine could go wrong did
3: went went wrong
4: at, at that point yeah. and and we we couldn't quite work it out cuz i remember sitting in the kitchen going what has gone wrong yeah and i said cat- i
3: said i think someone might have cursed us um, and um and that's when we mentioned about oh, well i've got something to admit to you um, i've yeah. taken the cat out the, the the and then that's when we both went back upstairs got the cat and put it back into the into the bathroom, and everything went back to normal.
4: Which for me was kind of counterintuitive because I I'm an advocate of not believing in curses. <laughs> no, you don't. Do and you? yet I was very quick to put that cat back. Yes. So I kind of eat my own words. Yeah, and in that, that cat
3: is now hidden under the bath. So no yeah, one has it still in there.
4: Personally, I still display it because I'm a bit of.
3: I'm no, a car. it's a creepy, so creepy. Thing. So you know, you don't believe in curses, and yet you were quite happily <laughs> wanting yeah, the, the cat back in there, and um, everything returned to its its normal equilibrium
4: after that. If you recall, yes, within within sort of hours or days, it was it was back to everything was back to normal
3: well i think after you know us talking about all of this i i i think there's something definitely in it i think most skeptics would come out and say you know oh come on now it's just us you know wanting something to be cursed wanting a story behind it you know and and over the years these stories have become embellished and and things like that um i think there is something to it i really really do and i think you are absolutely right carl i think it's it's energy and that's what it's down to and I think we should definitely do that experiment of the paintings you're an artist you're an illustrator you should do a few drawings uh and 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 maybe put them online and see what people think
4: yeah just yeah to see what they can yeah they can think and you
3: want to do one in perhaps in in a in a in a lovely place and in an awful place I think maybe we should do one in our garden and then one the awful one in Mary's bedroom <laughs> <laughs> that should that should scare I'd everybody today. death would never get out you would never get out well thank you as always for joining me on my podcast absolutely fascinating topic um, and remember next time you buy a painting or even a print just make sure that the artist seems to be quite a happy person that's all I'm going to say Thank you for listening to Paranormal Activity with me, Yvette Fielding. We'll be back again next week. But if you can't wait until then, visit www.paranormalpod.co.uk. That's www.paranormalpod.co.uk. .co.uk where you can find options to get episodes a day early aren't you lucky stay up to date with the newest episodes by giving us a follow and if you've enjoyed this episode please rate and review we want to hear from you and remember if you have bought an object or a painting and put it in your house and strange things have happened let us know along with a everything else that possibly could have been happening to you, or if indeed you have a story, uh, send in a question or an audio clip uh, telling us your paranormal story to this address, paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com. That's paranormalactivitypod at gmail.com or on WhatsApp at 75 27537 That's 75 537 and you can also follow us on instagram and the address is at paranormal activity pod that's at paranormal activity pod until next week remember things aren't always as they seem